This is QJ Martin, and you're listening to the Write a Novel podcast, providing you with the tools and instructions that you need to write your novel. The Tomorrow War, a sci-fi action film starring Chris Pratt, was released on Amazon Prime in 2021. And although it contained just about everything that I love in a sci-fi movie, Time travel, paradoxes, action, horror, creepy aliens, and solid visual effects. It, unfortunately, added up to less than the sum of its parts. A middling response from both Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb tells us that both critics and audiences tend to agree on this point. So what would it have taken to turn The Tomorrow War into a solid, memorable presentation that would have kept our attention for more than just a couple odd weeks a year and a half ago. Well, here are my five steps to fix the Tomorrow War. Step 1. Don't start with a flash forward. Sure, we live in a world where grabbing the viewer's attention in the first few minutes is essential for the success of a film or series, especially when the viewer can simply press the back button and choose something else to watch if they're not interested. Unfortunately, though, this tendency to open on spectacle is often taken to an extreme. In the case of The Tomorrow War, I believe there are two key reasons why the film should not start with Chris Pratt's character Dan Forrester falling through the air above a sea of skyscrapers. First and foremost, this scene would have been so epic in the actual story if it hadn't been spoiled in the opening seconds. Our main character jumps forward in time and ends up falling through the sky. He nearly dies, as many of those around him actually do. What else could go wrong? But because we already saw this scene play out all the way to the point where Dan pulled himself out of the water, all of the suspense of this moment was completely ruined. When the movie actually got to the point of them jumping forward in time, We already knew exactly what was going to happen, and the new backstory we received in the intervening minutes didn't do anything to make it more special upon a second viewing. Basically, the impact of this scene without the context of the story was non-existent, and adding context just to watch it all play out all over again didn't provide us with any new impact. The second reason why this scene shouldn't be included in the opening of the movie is because it already has a great launching off point with the soccer game. It's not all that far into the film, so it could have easily been used as the moment to grab everyone's attention, while still allowing time to establish the characters and setting of the story first. Step 2. Include characters in the present working on preemptive solutions. Okay, so it was deadly obvious watching this film that the future they're sending everyone to is a total lost cause. It's just plain stupid to continue to send wave after wave of people forward in time simply to die. And what's worse is that doing so makes humanity's extinction even more inevitable. After all, what if one of those thousands of people that were sent to the future to die was smart enough to be able to design an effective weapon against the creatures with just a little time and some knowledge from the future? Now, I know, I know, this is the premise of the movie that I'm talking about. 
There are some things that you just have to take for granted for this film to even exist. One of those is that sending people to the future to fight for the few thousand remaining survivors on Earth is a logical plan. But the movie itself establishes the fact that Dan's own daughter, Muri, at the very least, was planning on sending a solution to the past the entire time. When Dan goes back to the past, he's greeted by future scientists who immediately jump on synthesizing his white spike killing toxin. This could have easily been fixed with just a couple sentences of background dialogue on the news. Saving the future is a two-part plan, as scientists work around the clock to find preemptive solutions for our war with the white spikes. Soldiers are being sent to the future to save our descendants from certain extinction. And there we go. Problem solved. Chekhov's gun has been placed on the wall, and when it's shot, the audience will realize that it was inevitable the entire time. My preference, however, would have been to have an entire B-plot with characters from the future working to solve this issue in the present, the same way that characters from the present are doing in the future. They would be able to find out things in the past that could be essential for the climax of the film, while at the same time giving us information about the future and what it was like living through the apocalypse. And then these insights could have also been used to build anticipation for the things that Dan would end up facing in the A-plot of the movie. Step 3. Don't have Dan Forrester jump off the bridge into absolute, guaranteed death trying to save his daughter. There's no real easy way to say this. When Dan jumps after his daughter, it's supposed to be this meaningful, emotional, and epic moment. But the truth is, it's just plain dumb. He risked the fate of the entire world pulling a move that he knew, beyond a shadow of a doubt, would never and could never work. It's such a frustrating moment. And that's not even getting into the fact that this is the second time that Chris Pratt's character has put billions of lives at risk because he was acting on emotion. Now, no one is perfect, of course. But this is just a terrible way to end what is essentially Dan Forrester's character arc. Of course, there was a way to maintain the essence of the scene without ruining the film itself. The white spikes are surrounding them. Dan only has a few seconds left. His daughter tells him that he needs to jump off the walkway and into the water. He hugs her and says, not yet. Then he points his gun at the aliens and starts shooting. At any point, he could jump to safety. He is not risking the entire world here. In fact, he could even take Muri and jump into the water with her as hundreds of white spikes jump in after them in slow motion. Just as cool, but with 100% less world-ending stupidity. Step 4. End the movie when Dan Forrester returns to the past. The point where Dan returns to the past is the obvious ending point for his character arc. His daughter was torn up by the fact that he abandoned her, and that she never got to say goodbye to him. But this time, she did. He's proven himself to be a loving father, redeemed himself from any personality traits that could have led to him abandoning his family, stuck with Muri until the very end, and brought home the solution to saving the world. But what about the aliens, I hear you ask? Won't they still destroy the world? Well, I have three words for you. A quiet place. 
Remember when they figured out how to kill the monsters? And the movie ended in that moment because they knew they finally had a chance? That's the exact type of story beat that The Tomorrow War could have ended with. And it would have lended itself much better to my final step for fixing this film. Step 5. Make this a series. Or, if that's not possible, at least make it a trilogy. This is my biggest issue with the entire movie. I feel like it shouldn't have been a movie at all. It should have been a TV show. The film had to rush through so many different ideas and concepts, and even genres, that I could easily see the events of the Tomorrow War being developed over the course of a three-season TV show, with about ten episodes each, and that's with very little actual effort being put into adapting it at all. At the very least, the content of this film should have been turned into a trilogy. At this point, even if they do make a sequel someday, it will be nothing more than a rehash of everything that happened in the first film, because the first film covered everything. Unless they end up going the route of Independence Day resurgence with it. But honestly, that's a fate worse than death. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Write a Novel Podcast. If you'd like to read the transcript of this episode, you can find it at thewriterseverything.org slash transcripts. If you'd like to listen to future episodes, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're currently listening on, and be sure to give it a rating while you're at it to let me know what you think of the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so at patreon.com slash qjmartin. For your convenience, all the referenced links will also be in the show notes. Thank you.